receiving a blessing as you've been listening to our services on Sunday morning. If there's anything that Family of Grace Church can do to help you, it'd be our joy, our privilege, and our honor to be a blessing to your family. If you have your Bible today, if you'll turn to the book of Philippians, we'll find our place in chapter 3, and I believe the Lord will speak to your heart this morning. Father, thank you for this word today. God, let it be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. God, please have your way in our hearts and our lives. God, that you would move in a special way. God, touch my life today. Anoint me. Father, speak through me today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. The ultimate upgrade. A couple of things Paul wanted the church of Philippi to know. The first thing is found right in the middle of it. He begins to address them and saying, look, there's a lot going on today in the name of Jesus, and not all of it is good. I want to give a shout out to all of our brothers and sisters this morning, especially those who are watching by television, who you don't want to have anything to do with Christianity or church because there's been a few bad apples. Well, it didn't just start. It's always been that way. Matter of fact, Paul says, watch out for those dogs, those people who call themselves Christians, but they really have no fruit. They don't bear any fruit of Christ Jesus. You will bear the fruit that resembles the root. You will bear the fruit that resembles the root. And Paul says, if it just because it Looks like, just because they say something in name, doesn't mean they are in action. And he moves on and he starts saying, listen, Church of Philippi, you're doing very good. And they were moving forward, they were a growing church, they were new, they were a new baby church, and great things were happening. But you know what begins to happen when the church begins to move and impact the kingdom of darkness? Satan begins to move. And he begins to try to bog us down in pride, in preeminence, in selfishness. We begin to be overwhelmed in all kind of things. And then he begins to bog us down in religion. And that's where the church of Philippi, he didn't want them to go that direction, so he addresses it head on and he says, listen, just because you've been born again, just because you've been in the church since it started, just because you've done all these things, Church of Philippi, just because you were there when there wasn't no church in Philippi, it doesn't give you any right to preeminence. And I want you to understand something, that just because, Lydia, you were there down by the creek bank when I met you and led you to Christ, and Mr. Philippian Jailer, who we do not know his name, just because you were the first full family to come into the church of Philippi, it does not give you preeminence. It does not give you a right to have more authority than anybody else. It does not give you a right to parade around and get puffed up when somebody comes in your space. And I'll tell you something today on the authority of the Word of God. Paul was saying, Church of Philippi, you can make a difference in Philippi. You can make a difference around the world if you are not willing to get, if you are unwilling to get bogged down in the things that most churches get bogged down in. Pastor Ralph was meeting with a guy this week and was telling him about, he said, man, I came to your church on Father's Day and I've been running all this time on that 
on that drink that I got a month ago. And he said, man, don't keep running on leftovers. He said, well, the only problem is I, I drove over about an hour and a half to get here. And he said, I can't find a church anywhere in my area given what I got there. And what that is saying is that many churches are bogged down in religion. They're bogged down in pride. They're bogged down in preeminence. And Paul addresses his little baby church of Philippi and he says, you remember what? I wanted you to be a drink offering. Why? Because if there is nothing left of you and everything is poured out on the altar and the sacrifice of someone else's service and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, then there's no reason for you to rise up, swell up, puff up, strut about, and run off people, and then you eventually leave. No, Hold to the unchanging hand of the Lord Jesus Christ who is greater than anything religion could ever offer you. Paul says something very interesting here. Now, if you want to start comparing your credentials, if you want to compare the bragging rights of spiritualness, if you want to compare the bragging rights of spiritual theology and spiritual philosophy, I got you. Checkmate. Not only do I have it intellectually by learning, but I have it by the bloodline. I want you to know something, that I was born of the tribe of Israel. I am a Jew. My mom and dad took me down to the temple on the eighth day, just like Mary took Joseph down to the temple on the eighth day. I mean, Mary took Jesus down to the temple on the eighth day and circumcised him, just like they had been doing it for thousands and thousands of years. Check, I got it. You want to know about theology? I got it. You want to know about intellectualism? I got it. You want to know about zeal? I got it. They said, kill? I said, how many? Kill the Christians. Kill the people who are believers in Jesus Christ. I was glad to do it. Matter of fact, I did so well at it that I no longer even had to do the killing. I just ordered them and enjoyed watching them. Matter of fact, when you read the story of Stephen being martyred, you'll find that there was a man named Saul there who is Paul who wasn't throwing the rocks, but he was just holding the garments of those who was. That's right. Hit him again. Hit him again. Hit him again. I've got zeal. I've got religion. But I had this big emptiness. I had this void in my life that circumcision did not feel. I had this void in my life that theology did not feel. I had this void in my life that philosophy could not feel. I had this void in my life that zeal could not feel. I had this void in my life that works could not feel. And I want you to know something today, and especially those of you watching at home, that today religion cannot save you. Religion cannot bring you peace. Religion cannot bring you joy. Works cannot bring you joy. I don't care what your religion may be. It is all empty without the power of Jesus Christ and the life-giving substance that he pours into our hearts and lives on a daily basis. Paul reveals something interesting. He reveals those things that have been stripped away. Now go with me a little bit further. I ask you to underscore a verse in your Bible. 
If you look at this very carefully, here's what Paul says. He says, I once had all that confidence in my flesh. And look at what it says in verse 8. More than that, I also consider everything to be lost in the view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Now, now here's what he says, because of him I've lost all things. Now what he's saying here very interestingly is this. Everything that I had of worldly possessions has been stripped away from me. Why have they been stripped away from me? Because of Jesus Christ. Why? Look at it right there in your Bible. Because of Jesus, I've suffered the loss of all things. All things have been stripped away. Now, wait a minute. Paul was a very uh, astute man. He was a man of great power. He was a great man of great influence. He was a man of great prestige. He was a man of great finances. Why? Because he just wasn't some little struggling bivocational minister somewhere. He was a man who was in the full-time business of religion and wreaking havoc on the new church that had been established. Now, you know, there's a pretty good price, they say, I don't personally know this, on people who kill people. Why? Because you risk, risk it all. And people who take people out get paid a lot of money for it. And that was what Paul was. He was a wealthy man. But when he met Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus and Christ turned his life that was upside down, right side up, and filled him with the Holy Spirit, I want you to know that Paul was no longer interested in the cottage down by the Mediterranean Sea. He was no longer interested in the things that were temporary, but he was interested in the things that were eternal. And when he began to be on the front line making a difference for the glory of God, all those that he had raised up, his disciples in religion, his disciples in the, in the form of religion that were persecuting the church were now after him. Why? He had a rogue agent. Man, we got we to get rid of this dude. He may start telling all of our secrets. He may start giving away the, the inside tracks. He may start giving away all of these things. And they tried to kill him. And they tried to kill him. And they tried to kill him again. They drug him out in the street, beat him within an inch of his life. They drug him out of the street, out of the street, stoned him, threw him over in the ditch, left him for dead. Just left him laying there. A little bit later, Paul came to his senses, jumped up out of the ditch, stood up, dusted himself off. Went right back into town, started preaching to him again. And now he finds himself in prison because he's been preaching the gospel. And he says, Church of Philippi, I want you to know something. That I all the possessions in this world that I have have been stripped away from me because of the cross of Christ. Now, I want you to know something, my brothers and sisters in Christ. This isn't what you normally hear from our television preachers. 
that if you will sign up, if you will give your heart to Jesus Christ, that all of your worldly possessions are going to be stripped away. Oh, no, it's the opposite. Matter of fact, it's if you'll give your heart to Jesus Christ and you'll just name it and claim it, you can have anything you want to, even if it doesn't have anything in the world to do with the kingdom of God, you can have it because you're a child of God. Well, that wouldn't fly very well with the Apostle Paul, would it? He says, everything that was precious to me, it's been stripped away. But I'll tell you something, Church of Philippi, I didn't get hung up on the possessions. When they stripped away my earthly possessions, it didn't strip away my eternal possession. And then he goes a little bit further. And he goes back. I want to go back to what he said earlier. You want to talk about religion? I got it. You want to talk about zeal? I got it. You want to talk about pedigree? I've got it. You want to match degrees? I was a Pharisee of the Pharisee, a Hebrew of the Hebrews. I've got it. Now, now stay with me. At this point in Paul's life, while he's in prison, everything that he had that he that was tangible, that was tangible, had been stripped away, had been stolen from him, had been carried off by the enemy. And the only thing that Paul had left in his life was things that they couldn't steal. His family heritage. I mean, no matter what they wanted to do, they could not undo his circumcision. No matter what they wanted to do, they could not erase him from being born of the tribe of Benjamin. They could not take away his spiritual heritage as, a, as an Israelite. No matter what they wanted to do, they could not erase his intellectualism that he had learned at the school of the Pharisees. They could not give, they could not take that away. And so man, a lot of times you may have heard this statement. Somebody may have went bankrupt in business and lost all they had. And here's what they say. Well, you know, I, I've still got my family. I, I, I've still got my life. I, you know, I've still got my education. I'll bounce back up and I'll start over. And that's how Paul was. He still had a good family name. He still had a great education. He was a great philosopher. He could match wits with anybody. And he looks at the church of Philippi and he says something. Get this, church. He says, they have stripped away all of my earthly possessions. And the only thing that I have left in my life is the things that are not tangible, that are in me. They cannot take it out of my body. But he says, those things, I count them as dung that I may gain Christ. He says, they stripped away everything I had earthly and all the things that I have physically and intellectually and by my heritage, I give them up that I may know Christ. Paul reveals the things that had been stripped away he reveals the things that had been given away by himself. And then he reveals the thing that he wanted more than anything. I just want to know Christ more. Church of Philippi, I'm not super spiritual. I'm not here today to tell you I've got it all together. I'm not here to tell you I have it figured out. I'm not fully mature. But I know something. I'm not as immature as I once was. And I know that I am striving for spiritual maturity. I am striving to be all that Christ wants me to be. You say, Pastor, what in the world does this have to do with me today where I live? I'm glad you asked that question. A lot. 
Because I want you to know something. You may be going through some hard times in your life. And this world that we live in, it's going crazy. It seems like it's in a tailspin and everything's going down. And you may not know which way to turn. You may not know what to do. You may have lost your job. You may have lost your spouse. You may have lost your family. You may have lost things that were dear to you. And you may say, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to turn. I don't know which way is forward. Here's what I want you to know. That when you seem to lose everything that you can reach out and touch, you have not lost the hand of God if you know Him, if you love Him, if you cling to Him, if you abide in Him, if you walk with Him, if you stay with Him, if you have peace with Him. What can separate you from the love of God? Nothing. It doesn't matter what happens to your possessions here. You may live in a jail cell like the Apostle Paul was when he was writing to the church of Philippi. I want you to know that if King Jesus is there, he said it'll be a palace. He wasn't worried about his bed. He wasn't worried about his meals. He was worried about his brothers and sisters in Christ. Paul didn't care that he had lost everything because he knew Christ. Now I know that's easy preaching but hard living. Amen. I mean don't be super spiritual. It is. To lose it all and stick with the stuff tells you where you are in your faith. It tells you how deep your roots are. Paul goes on, and we'll look at it next week. He says, even with tears, I'm weeping now because some people who were once with us have now become enemies of the cross. Because when they were hard-pressed on every side, their roots were not rooted in Jesus Christ. They were still rooted in religion. Why do people live as hypocrites? Why do people have a form of godliness but no power thereof in their life? It's because they have an intellectual relationship with Jesus Christ and not one of the heart. But I, what I want you to know today is that if we will cast ourselves at the mercy seat of Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter how high the storm winds blow. It doesn't matter how high the waters may rise up in your life. What matters is, do you know Jesus Christ? Do you know Him and the power of His resurrection? Do you want to know him do you want to grow with him do you want to stay with him today what are you holding on to Paul a man who had nothing left the only thing he had left was everything he had invested in him it was not tangible and he told the church of Philippi what I do have left I give to Christ that I just may know him. I'm not going to tell you today that if you give your heart to Jesus Christ, you'll be smooth sailing. There's thousands of graves that beg to differ. Right now, there's pastors being persecuted. There's Christians being persecuted today because of their faith. I'm not going to tell you today that, there, that there's a thing called easy believism. You want to know what's wrong with America? Easy believism. Just get your, just get your, uh, your church membership, no matter what denomination affiliation it is, get you a church membership, take that and file it away with your homeowner's policy, your car insurance policy, your life insurance policy. And when you get to heaven, you can pull out your church membership and say, I was a member of the First Baptist Church. I was a member of the Episcopal Church, the Pentecostal Church. I was a member of this church. I can get to heaven. And Jesus says, I just want to know, do you know me? I don't want to know what church you went to. 
There are no mega churches in heaven. There are no little churches in heaven. I just want to know, do you know me? I know you know I died for you. But did you ever let me die as you? Did you ever come to the point where you say, Lord, it's not about me. It's just about you. If not, today, we want to do that. Right there at home, you may need to do that. Just say, Jesus, I know you died for me. But today, I want to accept it. I want to invite it into my heart and my life. Maybe you're going through some hard times in your life, and you just want to say, Lord, I give it all to you. What Paul was saying right here in this verse is, I just give myself away. I just give myself away so that Christ can use me. You ever wonder why stories of great saints of God like Corey Ten Boom and those people only come by every now and then? Because those kind of people only come by every now and then. Who say, I am willing to give it all. For the cause of Christ. I'm not preaching you something I don't know a little bit about. There came a, lot time, a point in my life where I realized. And never the storm that I may be walking through. Wasn't what God was judging me on. But it was how would I live through it. Would I live the same way for Christ. When everything was going bad. As I did when everything was going right. I am telling you that in the, the darkest moments, that's where Christ meets you. It, we, 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 we love to hear preaching about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Went down into the fiery furnace. We love to hear stories about Daniel that used a line for a pillow. We love to hear stories about him walking across on the red, on dry ground in the middle of the Red Sea. We love to hear stories about Jesus raising people from the dead. We love to hear stories about the supernatural, the miracles. But the only way you'll ever know the God of the furnace, personally, is to have to go down into the furnace. The only way you'll ever know the God of the lion's pit is to go down into the I love what it says in the Hall of Faith, talking about all the great heroes. And it says, but what then would time would fail to tell of all the others who died and didn't receive the miracle? Women who had their children brought back from the dead. People that was placed in logs and sown in the tomb for their faith. Today way you can know the power of his resurrection is to get to a place where you say God I am willing to give it all away I'm willing to give it all away so that you can use me this morning as we've gone through these passages of scripture I know that God has a special purpose and a plan for your life I hope that you will grab hold of that promise and that plan for your life allow him to be all that he wants to be in your life. If there's any way that we can help you with that, if there's any way that we can be a blessing to you, please do not hesitate 
to contact us. Let us know. If you do not have a church family, please come, worship with us. Come and let us share our heart, hear our story, be part of what God is doing in Alexandria, Louisiana.